Amen. Go ahead and have a seat, church. Uh, if you're joining us online, we welcome you this morning. Uh, and I have a treat for you. We're going to take a one-week break from the Revelation series. All right, we'll pick up there next week, uh, right where we were. Uh, we will be in the middle of the weird stuff, uh, as promised, okay? So uh, we'll see you next week uh, here in the pulpit. But we have a huge blessing today. Uh, this man's name right here is named Rudy Haygood. And those of you who know, if you know, you know. He is uh, one of our favorites uh, here at NBC. He served on our staff team uh, many moons ago. And uh, his wonderful wife, Oshiri, is also down here sitting next to my amazing <laughs> wife as well. Yeah, so uh, Rudy and I have been friends for years and years and years. And, um, and he has a gift of being able to, uh, other than just his normal gregarious, hugging, <laughs> awesome self. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, he, is, he is a gifted, gifted uh, Bible teacher. And so uh, today we thought it would be great to, to have him come back, I think first time, since you left yeah, NBC to yeah, preach, uh, to come back. Uh, and offer a word uh, from the Lord. So I want to pray for him real quick, and then I'll turn it, turn it over to Rudy. Uh, Father, I thank you for this special brother uh, in Christ and just uh, the gifts that you've given to him for who you've made him to be. Thank you, Father, for uh, his wife, Oshiree, their legacy of faith, for their wonderful kids, and just all of the, the blessings that uh, you have showered on others uh, through his ministry over the years. So be with him now. Pour through him the gift of preaching. Uh, help him to know that he is loved in this place and send the fire into his bones, Father, uh, for proclaiming your word. We pray this in Jesus' name today. Amen. Amen. Can we give it up for Spive Dog? Well, at least that's what I call him, Spive Dog. And, and uh, so grateful for Spive. Uh, we've been friends. Uh, yeah, I can get loud. So whoever is the, you know, person, you know, just know that that can happen. Uh, but I, I've been friends with Spivey. I don't know how long. And great to have a friend. I don't know how long I've been your friend. And, uh, and his amazing wife, M. the Magnificent. Is there anything she cannot do? She is so multi-talented and uh, so, so grateful to be back. And uh, it was a joy to serve here um, for the years that Oshri and I were here. And uh, my wife, isn't she stunning? Look at her. I mean, I know you can't see it from where you are, but the jean jacket and the van, they just work. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And so, uh, oh, I, yeah, I, one more shout out, uh, the coffee people. Oh man, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, that, that was right on time. And, and that was a good cup of coffee. And you know I know because I'm a coffee bean guy. Quality over quantity, all you Starbucks people. Amen, amen, amen. All right, all right. All right, let's jump into the message. And I, and I see, man, y'all got the clock all big. I can't miss it, that's just wrong. Y'all know that's like kryptonite to a black preacher. Y'all, that's wrong. That's wrong. All right, let's jump into this. What are the essentials, are the essential aspects of a relationship with God? Um, I, I believe that reading and studying the Word of God is essential. Uh, it's an essential aspect to our relationship with God. We are to study to show ourselves approve the word of God says, that, that we should do our best to understand what thus says the Lord. It's, it's how, it's a way that God speaks truth and reality into our lives. And then there's prayer and solitude, amen? Like Mark 1:35, when Jesus would go away and be alone, that he might be with God to pray and to be alone with God. And can I encourage you, um, don't be that person. You ever had a friend and, and, and you know, they do all the talking and you never get a word in. Don't be that person in your relationship with God where you do all the talking. Sit in silence sometimes and let God speak to you. Amen? 
Let's be in a relationship with God. Then there's community and, and fellowship with one another, fellowship where we are, are with one another in, 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 in more intimate ways where we're talking about life and what's going on. And then community when we're all gathered together. Don't we need one another? Don't we need the presence of the body of Christ? It, there's something about community and fellowship that is essential to our relationship with God. And then there's worship and wonder. And we don't talk about wonder a lot, but worship is to bow down before God, and praise is, is a kinetic word where we lift our hands and lift our voices and stomp our feet, where we, we do something. When you read the Psalms, you, you often see activity as a part of worship because praise is kinetic. Worship is a bowing down, but praise is like, hallelujah! And there's evangelism and discipleship because our relationship with God is not just with God, but it's with God's people. And God calls us to reach out and to, 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 to bring the elect into the body, to disciple those who have come to the Lord. And today I want to talk about three aspects of this essential relationship, worship, wonder, and I want to talk about evangelism. But before I get there, are there any worshipers in the house today? I see one side of the church is worshipers. Are there any worshipers in, in, the, in the house today? Are there any worshipers? Amen, amen, amen. And so I'm, I'm going to do something, but don't leave me out here by myself, all right? Y'all going to come with me? All right, y'all, I need some hair. I know it's dark, but I can see you. It, all right, all right, all right. All right, so I'm going to praise God a little bit. I want you to praise the Lord with me. I pray that you're able to catch on. You with me? All right, all right, all right. I love to praise him. I love to praise him. I want you to do it like this. I love to praise his name. You got it? You got it? All right. I love to praise him. I love to praise him. I love to praise him. I love to, yeah. I love to praise him. I love to praise his. Whoa, I love to praise his holy name. I love to praise him. Yes, I love to praise him. I love to praise him. Whoa, I love to praise his holy name. For you're my rock, you're my rock, my rock, rock my sword and shield, and you're the wheel, you're the in the middle, middle of I know you'll never. Never, never, never let me down. You're just my jewel. Oh, Lord, that I have found. Oh, Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah. I love to praise his name. Yeah, give a hand. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. See, I, I need to worship. Because without it, I can forget that I have a big God beside me and live in fear. 
Like John Ortberg said, I need to worship because without it, I can forget his calling and begin to live a life in a spirit of self-preoccupation. Like John Ortberg said, I need to worship because without it, I lose a sense of wonder and gratitude and prod through life with blinders on. Like John Ortberg said, I need worship because my natural tendency is towards self-reliance and stubborn independence. I need worship. I need it. It, it. it sets me free. When I'm down, it lifts me up. When I'm down, he comes and spends time with me. I need worship. It's not just three songs or four songs. It is a bowing down before God. It is a kinetic praise to God. It is a part of my relationship to a holy God. I need worship. Amen. And it should, it, should, it should cost me something, right? I told y'all I can get loud. I told you. <laughs> now, have you guys heard of Arana? See, that's why you should be reading your Bible. See what I'm saying? See, 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 see. Arana is a character in the Bible uh, in 2 Samuel. And Arana owned a, a, a plot of land and he made, he, he made threshing floors and he owned cattle. And, and there's a, a verse in, in the Bible about Arana that I think highlights what worship is all about and where it should come from. So David is traveling and Arana's people, they see David coming, and Arana is like, clear the pass, the king is coming. Whatever he wants, give it to him for free. He couldn't wait to see the king. And I know that makes no sense to us because we don't respect our presidents at all. <laughs> but he couldn't wait to treat him well and to bless him. And listen to this verse in 2 Samuel 24, 24. He said, but the king said to Arana, he had offered David the opportunity to worship God for free. I don't remember the sin, but David had sinned and he was hurting and he wanted to offer worship to God and Arana wanted to bless the king. And here is the response from David. No. But I will buy it from you for a price. I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God that cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. Can I translate that? I refuse to worship God with that which cost me nothing. Oh, you know we act like that. You know we act like that. Riley up here did an amazing job. Let's go, girl. <laughs> Riley up here and the team doing a great job presenting an opportunity for you to fall flat before the king. And we sit there like, why didn't they sing my song? We worship God with these three letters, M-E-H, meh, meh. David refused to worship God with that, which cost him nothing. Worship, by definition, is to burn all that I have, to sacrifice all that I have, that I might come to him pure and clean. I will give you everything. 
think because we've lost our wonder. We've lost our wonder. You know, I go to church every Sunday. I grew up at the church. I, I remember Sunday school, and I kind of know how this is going to go. We're going to do three point five songs, and the preacher's going to talk for about 25 minutes, and then I'm going to go to lunch. Oh, I can't wait to go to lunch. <laughs> Meh. We've lost our wonder. But wonder is a key aspect to our relationship with God. How can I, a finite being, not be in awe of God? How is that possible? I want to talk with us for a few minutes from the title, Awe, Worship and Wonder of God. We're going to be in John chapter 4, verses 16 through 26. And the climax of this text is found in verses 23 and 24. And I'm going to highlight it to you now. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Must. This, this is not a, a, a maybe, a, a kind of, sort of. They must worship him in spirit and truth. And, and, and you want to understand this verse. It's two words. It's, it's in, in actuality and in accuracy. We must worship God in actuality with the you that is you, the, the you that that the you that is you, not, 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 you know how the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Yes, we need to love God with our heart, our emotions. Yes, we need to love God with our mind, our intellect. Yes, we need to love God with our strength, our, our gifts. But what God wants from us ultimately is our souls, the you that is you, the you that is you in spite of your emotions, the you that is you beyond your intellect, the you that is you when your gifts have gone gone away. The you that is you. The you that you see in the mirror when you look at yourself through your own eyes. The you that is you. The you that God wants to save. The you. In actuality, God wants that part of you, all of you. And then you use your emotions, your intellect, and your gifts to worship. Are you with me? In actuality, but also accuracy and truth. Y'all see that beautiful woman right there? We've been married 28 wonderful years for her. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> when we first got married, I loved her with all my heart, but I didn't know how to. I was loving her the way that I knew to love her, but I had to study her so that I could love her the way she needed to be loved. Yeah. Are you with me? See, the reason why we need to understand how to love God with all our mind and in truth is so that we can love God the way that he has designed and divined for us to love him. See, yes, from all that I am, in actuality, but also in accuracy. We need to have an understanding of the Word of God that we might worship God in spirit and in truth. See, awe is this 
feeling of reverential respect mixed with fear and or wonder. Oh, it's a, it's a compound definition. And, and so we, we like one side of, of awe. We, we like the awesome side, but God is also awful. Some of you guys are cringing as I say that. Okay. We are to worship God in fear and trembling. We teach nowadays in our contemporary Christianity that reverence is, uh, I know it says fear, and I know the word means phobia, or, uh, 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 but, 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 but what, what, what it really means is to respect. But then the Bible says worship in fear and trembling. I, I respect all of y'all. But I ain't trembling. I ain't scared. <laughs> How do you tremble in respect? Okay, let me try to explain this. Awful, the power of God. This is incredible. It is as if there was a lion on this stage with me right now, and the, the lion master said, oh, he can't harm you. He can't touch you. But he's right here, and he's roaring. I'm going to go... <laughs> in respect for the power of the lion. God, who created the world, could also destroy me with the wink. Ah! I need to understand and recognize the magnitude and the greatness of his power. In all the theophanies, when people come in contact with God, what happens? They're afraid. And then the goodness of God is, fear not. Are you with me? We want to jump past the goodness of God and hear him say, fear not, and just walk up on God. What's up, homie? <laughs> no, he's awful. He can do anything and everything. It's beyond our imagining. And I mean awful in all the best ways. Amen? But he's also awesome. He's awesome. Have you ever just gone out to the beach and looked at the mass beauty of God to the mountains. He's just awesome. Have you ever been in a ditch and God made a way? He's just awesome. See, to truly maintain our all, we have to hold on to the fact that fearing God is the beginning of knowledge. He is awful and awesome, and he loves you so much, he says, Fear not. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Now, our text has a key verse. John 4, 29 says, Come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? Do you know this story? If you don't know it, I'm honored to share it with you today. But this woman had an encounter with God, which is worship. Worship is an encounter with God. She encountered God, and her response was to run to the town and say, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? My claim today is this. Evangelism happens when worship meets wonder. Evangelism happens 
when worship meets wonder. Don't lose your wonder. That time is scaring me. First point. <laughs> worship causes us to see ourselves more clearly. Verse 16, Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. <laughs> Jesus is smooth, boy. <laughs> the woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. It's like Jesus crossed his legs and said, and what you have said is true. He's just smooth. He's just smooth. I'm sure you guys are all on the Twitter verse, and then I like when, when the old heads say on the Twitter. I like that. I like that. In one tweet, Jesus had revealed her whole life. In one tweet, Jesus exposed her desperate need for salvation. See, that's what happens when you worship, when you encounter God. He reveals to you, you. Worship brings us face to face with our true selves. Oh, it's true you don't have a husband because you got five. Because in worship, we come face to face with who we are. You got five husbands. Look how smooth Jesus is. Go get your husband and bring him back. He did this to honor the culture and to let her know that he knew everything about her. See, in their culture, it wasn't right for a Jewish man to be alone with a Jewish woman. So he says, go get your husband. But he also did it, not just to honor the culture, but to let her know, I know everything about you. Her business was known by a stranger, including the fact that she was drowning in sin. Let me ask the question, where's the water? If you know this text, you know what I'm saying. Where's the water? Jesus asked her for a cup of water. Where's the water? She never gave Jesus the water. See, in, in verse 4, it says he had to go to Samaria. He had to go. This, this wasn't the short route, and this was definitely not the appropriate route for a Jewish man to take, but he had to go. He was intentionally going to meet the needs of this woman. He went the long way to get to her. And then in verse 7, he asked her for water. He's tired. He's a human being. So Jesus is standing there. Mouth dry, lips chapped, no chapstick. <laughs> Jesus neglected his own physical need in order to meet her spiritual need. Do you see it? That should sound familiar. That should sound familiar. Did not Jesus leave heaven and, 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 and his divinity and put on flesh so that he, 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 he walked away from his own spiritual need to meet our physical need, a cross that was designed for us. He picked it up for us, meeting, oh, come on, some, any worshipers up in here? Anybody grateful to be saved? I don't know. When we worship, Jesus meets us right where we are. 
worship causes us to see ourselves more clearly. Second point, worship causes us to understand truth more correctly. The woman said to him, so I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. See, since she had not been able to receive the truth, the actuality, Jesus deals with her most basic desperate need. Do you see it? Do you see her? But did you see her switch the subject? Jesus trying to talk about the husbands, and she wants to talk about theology. Did you see it? Now, if, you, if you've heard me preach before, you know that nine times out of ten, I'm coming at the husbands, because iron sharp as iron. I'm coming at them. Boom. Come on. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. But I need to say something to the wise. <laughs> and I need you to give me permission, ladies, to, to say what I got to say. Can I say it, ladies? Come on, ladies. Come on, ladies. Come on, ladies. All right. All right. Ladies, y'all know this is true what I'm about to say. When it comes to changing the subject, like Yoda, you are. Oh, you know it's true. You know it's true. My lovely one tick away from perfect wife, Osheree, I, I don't know how she does this to me again and again and again, and she know I can't keep up. Here's how the conversation goes. Hey, baby, uh, I thought uh, we weren't spending money right now. Well, you know, uh, babe, your daughter came over, and we went to the mall, and she needed some shoes, and they were on sale, so it's really like we saved money. <laughs> and then, did you know that the school called about Ryan, and that he needs us to come down there and talk? I'm like, wait, I thought we were talking about money. Now we're going to the school? Stop it! Y'all know we can't keep up! <laughs> and that's what she tried to do to Jesus. She switches the subject. Jesus trying to talk about them husbands, and she wants to get all theological now. <laughs> well, let's talk theology. Samaritan religion held that one place of divinely ordered worship was on top of a Mount Gerizim. The Jews said it, it was on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. See, true worship is of the Spirit, which means that the worshiper must deal honestly and openly with God. So when Jesus says the hour is coming, he's referring to his death, which would launch a new age, the church age. 
in the time of the church due to the Holy Spirit, worship is no longer centered in temples like Mount Gerizim or Mount Zion, the two places the Samaritans and the Jews worship. And he says, you Samaritans worship what you do not know. Samaritans were not the vehicle for salvation of mankind. Israel was the chosen people. They're getting, you see how deep they're getting? Salvation is from the Jews, Jesus says. But that does not mean that all Jews are saved. Salvation is from the Jews because the Jews are the vehicle of salvation to the world because Jesus is of the seed of Abraham and he is the author of the promise. They're getting deep. So with the anticipation of the Messiah, the time had come for a new order of worship. See, true worshipers are those who worship with accuracy and in actuality. Do you see it? We need to know how to worship in actuality, but all, in accuracy, but also in actuality from the truth of who we are, from our hearts, and even deeper from our souls. And the Father is seeking true worshipers because he wants people to live in reality, not in falsehood. Did you hear that Jesus is seeking? You ever lost your keys? Jesus is seeking for worshipers. Like he got to get to work and he can't find his keys. He's looking for us. He's seeking for worshipers. And we're like, meh. That's not my song. Everybody is a worshiper, Romans 1.25. But because of sin, many of us are blind and constantly put our trust in unworthy deities. If you're not worshiping God, you're worshiping something. And God is seeking true worshipers who worship in spirit and in truth. Worship calls us to understand truth more correctly. And then my final point. Now, is that yellow mean I'm over? No. Okay, all right, all right, all right. All right. Okay. (laughs) Worship causes us to experience the Christ more concisely. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. See, this self-declaration by the Lord, I am he, is strange. This is one of the few occasions where Jesus doesn't veil his divinity. Jesus flexes, I am he. This is rare. What's happening? Worship causes us to experience the Christ more concisely. We get glimpses into who he is. We get a more perfect understanding. C.S. Lewis says, in worship, God imparts himself to us. All right, I'm past time, so I'm going to cut to the end. Worship calls us to experience the Christ more concisely. As I close, evangelism happens when worship meets wonder. No one had to tell her. She just ran down to the town and told everybody, come see a man who told me everything about my life. 
if, you, if you're around me for 10 minutes, you're going to hear about Osheree. Because I love her. And I like them vans. They're cute. L.A. is two hours from San Diego. And on the ride here, no, she wasn't like, you better get up there and tell those people you love me. <laughs> I just love she. I love her. I love coffee bean, so I talk about it all the time. And no, no one taught me the five steps to coffee bean evangelism. It's just a better bean. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying? Evangelism, the heart of it, is about my wonder of God. I love him, so I talk about him on accident, intentionally. I got on the T-shirt. He's my everything. I can't help but mention him. Because evangelism happens when worship meets wonder. Let me close with this. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Transformation happens when worship meets wonder, right. too. Awe, worship, and wonder Amen. of God. Amen? Yeah. As we transition to a time of communion, I want you to tap into wonder right now. Communion represents a God who did something that we could never do. See, in the old law, they would sacrifice bulls and goats and sheep for their, for, and sheep for their sins, for their guilt, for their annual festivals, and they would and, and because anytime you sin, the price is blood, and they just continue to slaughter animals. And the cross that was perfectly fitted for my sins, for me and for you, Jesus gave the once for all sacrifice. He died one time and, and cured sin both in the past and in the future and in our living present that we might be living sacrifices right now. Do you know a sacrifice had to be pure and perfect? That means the cross has purified you, and in all your imperfections, God says, I'm making you perfect. So as you commune, consider the greatness of God. In one act, he made you holy. He made you perfect. Father God, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>